Welcome back, everybody. Another podcast. It's been a while since we recorded one, and I apologize for that. We have, um, it's been pretty busy here. Uh, we're, we brought in um, several new team members uh, in our warehouse, and we've been kind of getting everybody settled in. Uh, we finished up our final workshop of the, of the year. A um, little bittersweet uh, because they, they were another season of them. Um, really good. I thought they were uh, tremendous groups of people. Um, the largest workshops we, we've, we've ever had. Um, our team, the, the team that I've been able to assemble as far as my helpers, um, totally stepped up and were, blew me away with, with this year. Um, we made some changes to our, our routines and our schedules and our outlines. And so we, we did some adjustment and, and it was all due. Re, the reason behind it all was um, for a couple couple different things came up. One of them was weather. We, we dealt with some really warm temperatures. Um, we had workshops that were in the 90s. And for us, that's like unheard of, um, especially in May and June. Uh, real warm, very challenging. It adds a level of... Um, distraction and, and breaks down the ability for, for people and dogs to focus. So we, we had to overcome some hurdles. Um, we had a, we had a really, really strong group of dogs. Um, and I'm talking mo- both our next steps workshop was the, earlier this spring. That was in April. Um, we we're no longer calling it next steps. We're just, we're going to, I forget what we called it. Training, training days, days, I think is what we're calling it. Um, little less formal, which is what that workshop is. Um, and then, and that was awesome because those are all people that have already been to a foundation workshop and they're just very good friends of ours by the time they're back for that. So we had a great time there. We had two foundation workshops again this spring and those were some of the best groups of dogs that we've, we've had come through. I, it just keeps getting better every year and I think it's partly because um, so many that are attending our followers and they've they've seen our stuff whether it be on our dvds or training videos that we sell on our website youtube they listen to the podcast there's just there's a lot of resources that we've been um able to tap into as far as a conduit to share information and i think it's hundred percent the reason why dogs are coming in so well prepared because people are getting so much more information ahead of time and that's really um it's really positive and a rewarding thing for us as a trainer's team to see because it, it validates some of the stuff that we're doing, the effort that we're putting into it, but it also, it allows us to do more when people are here. We get further, we get, we get into more advanced stuff. We get, um, that's not to say that we're doing advanced things by any means, but we're just able to take the experience, which that was a key word takeaway from this year was uh, these handlers workshops end up being more than just a training workshop. They're an, an experience for the individuals and their dogs and, um, really proud of that. And we'll probably talk about it more in detail in the, in the future, but so we're, that has taken up quite a bit of our time, um, not to make excuses, but, um, Ben was fishing last week. We're going fishing tomorrow. Um, we, we do our trout trip. We've talked about it on the podcast before we go up to the UP, we camp in the woods. We don't, we try to stay as far away from civilization as possible for a few days. Um, and it's probably one of the most recharging, um, getaways that I have. It's probably one of the things that I look forward to maybe the most these days, uh, at least in recent years, this is the fourth year I'll be going up there. Um, Ben's coming with us. This will be his second year. 
Um, real excited about it. We're leaving tomorrow. So he came off of a week of fishing last week. He's going on another trip this week. So we decided let's get one of these recorded, at least one of these recorded before we go. Um, so I apologize for that, but I also think that it's maybe the best thing for you, uh, is for me to take a little bit of a break from it. Um, and, and I, the reason I say that is because sometimes I'll get flat. And I'll get into a, um, a routine, I'll get into a rhythm with stuff, which I think is really positive and, and necessary. But I also think that sometimes it takes a break for my mind um, and body to re recalibrate and realign. And then come. I think I come back a lot better, a lot stronger. Um, part of that is you're going to see coming up after this week, we wanted to get a podcast in here before we go, but I will have way more energy when I come back from this trip. I always do. And it's not, and it's, I think it's partially because it is pretty relaxing, like physically we've, it's, I guess, somewhat demanding, but not, it's just a good, it's a good demanding physical thing. Like it stresses your body out in ways that you're not used to here at work. Um, but it's, meant the mental part of it is re-energizing as much as anything and the tiredness is a good tiredness it's a good physical tiredness that makes you sleep better and then when you sleep better you your mind works better and i it's just a very it's a, it's a very connected thing um and i'll be better off for it so you will see the benefits of it now back to this podcast because what i'm going to do is i am going to stick to my old rut and routine I have I have fallen back behind on questions as I've fallen behind on podcasts. I've fallen behind on responding to questions, whether they're DMs, emails. So I appreciate your continued patience with that. Um, played played some pretty good catch up this week, and I'm getting there. So um, this one came, uh, and and it came. The reason I picked this one it's an inst- it's an Instagram DM. I'm going to use two of them because they're kind of similar, and they both came within the same week. Um, but I'm gonna I'll read it to you, and then I'll answer it. And, and like I said, this is a, um, you've seen this format before where it's just kind of based on questions. I usually take it off in my own little direction at times, but um, I've, I've also got a list full of ideas and things that I actually want to talk about. Some were spurred from recent things in my life. Some were spurred from, um, have come from the, the workshops themselves. So lots of really good stuff, lots of really good um they're not necessarily measurable in the moment when it comes to some of the things that are going on, but I think the the value will come in the aftermath. So like we've gotten, we've gone through some things more recently um, and, and made notes on them. And then I think it's going to give me a little time to reflect on stuff and then we can go back and kind of re-talk about it. So all, all really good stuff. I hope everybody is listening is doing well. Um, I feel, I do feel, you know, I want to stay more consistent with with this stuff, but the the recharge I think is going to be a real positive. So let's start this. It says, "Hi Jeremy, wondering if you have any tips on resource guarding." Now, resource guarding is kind of a terminology. It's a dog training thing. I am not formal when it comes to this, so I literally Googled it because I was like, "Resource resource guarding." I figured possessiveness based on what I was reading, but um, and so it is. It's it's it's. The definition would be occurs when a dog exhibits behaviors like growling, lunging, or biting over food or toys. So my, if you asked me what's going on, I would say, well, they're just kind of possessive. Um, so I, 
it says we have a female Springer Spaniel who's just about a year and a half old. She's got a particular affinity for soft items like clothing or towels. I know the mo that most problematic behaviors have to do with the owners, and we have worked hard to never chase her or make her think that we're playing keep away. When she gets an item, she does not want to give it up. She will growl and she'll use the crawl under the coat and she and and used to crawl under the couch. We have progressed and are able to have her bring us the item. She's, but she remains very reluctant to give it up. We give her the dead command, and she generally continues to growl. Eventually, she may give the item up. Oftentimes, we'll lunge back at the item. If she gives us the item and does not lunge, we will give her lots of praise, give the item back, and keep trying to repeat. While this has produced some progress, we are searching for additional tips. Love your podcast. Thank you. So I the end there, I think she's talking about, you know, I really talk about the idea of sharing back and forth because I, I think that that is one thing that um, er, done early on. And I don't know if that, if I don't know when this, you know, dog's a year and a half old. So I don't know exactly how long it's been happening. Um, it, it doesn't, I don't think it says it here. It just says she's a year and a half old. So, I think one of the things that we can talk about is preventative stuff. And, and one of the things that I think helps curb this behavior or, or eliminate it completely would be the idea of right from the start, having that understanding. Now, I know she mentions she did not chase. They didn't play, play chase with something in their mouth. So it's not like it's a game of keep away, which is good. That's something that I, I, another thing I would recommend, don't make sure you don't train something in that is going to create a major headache in the, in the future. So we want to avoid that. We want to avoid the idea of snatching it away from them. Um, I think sometimes dogs get reluctant to bring stuff back. Not necessarily this aggressive or it doesn't sound like it's aggressive, but this vocalization, this growling, um, this behavior, I think that it's not necessarily that we build it in we certainly don't do it intentionally, but the idea of when they come in, I think we get nervous and tense and we want to finish it. We want to get the thing from the dog. So we reach out to try to snatch it away. And if you don't, if you're not real athletic and you're not, uh, your coordination isn't, isn't real good and you reach to grab something and you don't get it and they realize what you're trying to do, it very easily becomes uh, a game that could be fun or uh, I don't want to bring it to you because I know what's coming next. You're going to take it from me. So I like the idea of them coming in. I really like the idea of, idea of physically getting down to their level. I like welcoming them in. I don't like standing and towering over them. Um, I think that can be intimidating, especially for young dogs. But I like to get down and welcome them in. I don't even mind them putting it up on my lap. I don't mind them getting right into me. I don't like dogs climbing on me ever. In this case or scenario, I would not discourage the idea of the pup wanting to get its front paws up because it's like literally climbing up into my chest with the object in their mouth and consequently that they're putting it right there for me. So I don't want to grab it right away. I don't want to take it from them. I don't want to grab a hold of them and take away, you know, have this turning into like a the idea of you're catching them. It shouldn't be that. They should be very voluntarily there. So I want to welcome him in. So I know I'm not helping Danny right now with her answer, but I'm saying what I think you can do ahead of time prior to having this, this issue. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind them getting up onto my lap. 
and then I'd start petting them. And I'd start petting them, not on the top of the head. I just watched a video from a guy that was doing hole conditioning. And one of the things that I noted to him was 10 times in that video, he literally pushed the dog, he put his dog hand on top of the dog's muzzle and knocked it down, pushed it down. And I said, don't ever push the dog's nose down. Don't pet the dog on the top of the head because what happens is, is it puts their head down. And when their head goes down, now they've got gravity working for them. If all they have to do is open that mouth and that object's going to fall out. I don't want to encourage the idea of a dog burying its head down. A lot of times they duck their head down and they're almost like hiding the dummy from you. Instead, I would encourage get underneath the chest, get in that chest area and stroke them up on the underside of their chin, start petting them up. So I don't want to grab a hold of them and restrain them. I don't want to turn, there's a fine line though. You don't want them to have this freedom of running all over the place either. So it's this finesse, finessing them in, gathering or gaining their attention and control of them, and then encouraging them to hold on to it while you praise them. And then when you do take it from them, give it. I like to give it back to them. So we just swap it back and forth, swap it back and forth. And then it. I think it gets out of their mind the idea of any reluctancy to bring it back to you. Um, now, you've got this issue that the dog is bringing it in and growling. And I do, I have seen that. And I, when they're really little, I think it's very easy. Ah, 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 that's enough. And I can, I can usually get them to understand, you know, don't, don't do that. Like they're no different than if they were name another behavior that's undesirable. I get a little growly with them and ah, 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 that's enough. No, 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 no. And I can get them turned off. I can get them to understand through that tone. Now, I think, um, one thing is at a year and a half old, I do think that my question to, to Danny was, have you done hold conditioning? Because hold conditioning, I do think would be very valuable. I, I'm doubting you have. I do think it would be very valuable. It would remedy a lot of these symptoms of the idea of you, they can't escape. They can't get away. They can't lunge. They can't do a lot of these bad behaviors it's and and you take away their feet to start out so you you control the situation a lot differently compared to this retrieve so there's a lot of different ways um that i think you can you could that whole conditioning would be beneficial now the other thing that i would try and and so this is this was something that me just like trying to envision this and i've seen dogs like this i've seen dogs get possessive and kind of growly and and I don't like that lunging out and grabbing for the dummy or the object after. To me, that is what force fetch does. I, you know, there's distinct difference between force fetch and hold conditioning. And I see them encourage the idea of that lunge out and grab the dummy. I discourage that. I do not like that for multiple reasons. It's very impulsive. And I don't think impulsive behavior is what I'm after. I'm after thinkers. I like dogs to think things through and make a good decision based on what is logical and what is expected of them. I think they're willing to do that if we set it up for them. The idea of force fetch to to turn pain off is impulsively lunge out and grab these things. and, And it's encouraged. And I don't like that. And so the reason I don't like that is because there are times where I do. I think the dog just assumes or takes takes the chance that I think I'm going to reach out and grab that thing. And I've got little kids, and I don't want little kids carrying dummies around and dogs impulsively lunging out and grabbing out of their hands. I it's scary, and and I don't 
if, hell, it's scary for me for a dog to lunge out and grab something. I don't, it's, it's very disrespectful. So I do not encourage that. Um, one of the things that I see, so I'm trying to envision this because I've seen dogs that do that. In fact, I've seen people train them to try to do that. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that for, for those reasons. The thing that I think you might try with this dog is it sounds like the dog's got a lot of time to think about it as it's coming back to you. So when it's coming back, it decides it wants to hang up, get a little growly, um, maybe maybe dodge you a little bit. You know, I, I, it, I don't have a video of this, so I don't, I'm envisioning and making some assumptions. One of the things that I think you could do is go back to, and I, I see this happen sometimes successfully with, with things, is when dogs are about to make a bad decision. Like I can see it, you can tell, you can read it. They're, they're, doing, they're gonna do something wrong. In this case, it's they're coming in nice and slow and calculated, and they're going to give me this lip curl, growl, maybe their hair stands up, and they're going to start to tell me that they it's their dummy. That's what they're trying to do is, this is mine, mine, you stay away, mine. I got a little two-year-old that's into that game right now. Mine, mine, mine. That's what this dog is doing. And so when I say two-year-old, I mean two-year-old daughter, not human, not a dog. So I get very quick We, we you know, to relate that to the kids, we're really quick to say, no, we share. We're not mine, we share. And you share, right, Lillian? And she, yeah, I share. Good, well, that's the way we do it. And I'll share with her. But when we, I'm, I'm, I'm very consistent to remind her when I start hearing this mine, mine, mine thing, no, we share. You Sharing is nice, right? Yes, you're nice, yes. So we go through this whole little spiel with her. Eventually, she's gonna, phase out of this mind, mind, mind thing, but it's going to take some consistency on our part and reconfirming that that's not, not acceptable. So with this dog, one of the things that I think you, what I would try is almost distracting them prior to that behavior coming out. So one of the things I said to her was when the dog's coming back to you, like I say, hold when they know what hold means, like after they've been hold conditioned, I remind them to hold. And the reason I remind them to hold is not necessarily because I think they're going to drop the dummy. Most of the times, I don't think they're going to drop the dummy. I think they're holding on to it. But they're maybe thinking about skirting past me, or they're maybe thinking about holding up and slowing down. They're maybe thinking about staying a step or two away. So when I say hold, it's not so much literal, like keep it in your mouth. It's hold, which hold through hold conditioning means one thing. It means get in front of him because I like them to deliver to the front. So it means get in front and sit down. And I don't get so picky about the sit down part later. I do it to start out with during hold conditioning because it's just, it's this formal conclusion to the project. It's this, it's the period at the end of the sentence. It's sitting down in, fr in front of me and putting my chin up and holding it in a nice statue-like position. So when they're coming into me, a lot of times, if they understand what that means, I remind them to hold. And, and I think the value of that comes from them reverting back to that position, which is get in front of him, sit down, put my chin up, hold this thing up for him. And they start to think about that because they heard the audible cue of hold, 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 which is that reminder back to when we did this in training. So one of the, I don't think... I'm assuming that this, I asked the question, you know, did you, have you done any kind of formal hold conditioning? I don't, I'm assuming that she hasn't. So I think what you could do is instead 
add in a command that the dog knows really well. So if your dog comes and sits by you really well, let's say take the, take the object out of the mouth. It's not there. But if you say, and I don't know what the dog name is, but it's a little Springer Spaniel, so we're going to call it Morgan because my buddy used to have a Springer Spaniel named Morgan. So let's just say your dog's name is Morgan, and you say, so Morgan's coming in, and you and Morgan is very good. You've gotten Morgan very good at Morgan sit, and Morgan sits down. You know, Morgan, here, sit. And they take that step. They finish. They're right in front of you, and you tell them to sit. That, as long as that's really good, like, they understand that. It's a total command that has become understood. Now, when they've got that dummy in their mouth, as she's coming in, and you start to read the body language of this Morgan kind of showing me this possessive trait, I might take a step back from her, just to get her attention, because you're used to standing there, and she's used to coming, and she's used to, you know, by you standing there, you're allowing her to be all the moving parts. The dog dictates how close or how far she gets from you. Now, if you go stepping towards them, they, that's like engagement. So when you step towards them, you, they feel pressure, and then they move. And they that's where this little game of maybe a little keep away comes in. Little game of chase, little game of tag, you're it. I don't want that. So I'm not going to step towards them. I don't like standing still because if they start to slow up, they're telling me, I don't know that I want to come close to you. So they're kind of dictating the movement part of this. So what I'll do is I'll take a step away from them. I'll back, I'll go away. And so as I go back away from them, now all of a sudden the shoe is on the other foot. I am the one controlling the distance. You want to come a little bit closer to me? She maybe want, Morgan wants to play this little game of I'll get this close. And I say, screw you then. I'm going to leave. So I turn and walk. I back away. And then they go, no, no, no. I, I, I don't want you to leave. I want to be there. So then I remind them, okay, good. And I tell them, good. So they start to come to me. What I want to do then is now I've got them thinking because I've got the dog going, she's leaving. And when she's leaving and then I go, no, no, I want to come with you. And then she's there to say, good. Now all of a sudden you go, Oh, okay. Now I'm doing the right thing. And I follow that up very quickly with a nice sit. Here, sit. And so now all of a sudden the dog goes, I know what this means. I'm supposed to sit. And here means get close to me. So here, sit. Here, sit. Sit. Good. And I just, by using those few cues that the dog knows well, they almost will forget that they've got something in their mouth. And if they respond to that well, we'll get down there and pat them on the chest and tell them how good they are. And then you can go through your dead and take the dummy from them or take whatever it is and then give it back and share it back. But I think what I would try is this idea of use something that they understand and it's very habit formed and divert their attention to not let them start to boil up and let them start to stew on this idea of Oh, I don't know if I want to bring it all the way back. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to get growly. I'm going to play a little game of keep away. All these different things, these symptoms that are, you become, instead of allowing them to think through that, let the dog think through that and try to sort that out and decide to make the right decision, help them out by taking everything off their mind and just change the situation. Take a step back, tell them to come here and sit. And they go, I know how to do that. And they will almost forget at times that they've got the thing in their mouth. So I think you could try that. I, I do that oftentimes when I see issues. I see something coming up where the dog's, I, I think the dog's going to get into some type of a trouble. 
Um, they're going to, they're, they're, their attention's fading off. They're focused. They're getting distracted. Something is happening and I got to change it. I got to change it quick. So I go to something that they know and do well. And I like put the period at the end of the sentence with something that they're comfortable with. So I think you could try that as well. Now I'm going to go to this next question, which is similar. Uh, now it's a really long one. Um, so let me, let me start to read this one to you. It says, this one comes from a guy named Hunter. It says, hey, Jeremy, thanks for the great content and products. Sorry to be long-winded, but I'm sure you know it's hard to ask a question without giving details. I was curious if you had advice for a possessive dog. So that last one was what I would say possessive resource guarding. This one is for a possessive dog. I've been through all your content, and I haven't seen much on it. So we're creating more content on it. It says, I have a four-month-old golden retriever doing great. He will eventually be a shed and tracking dog. We're trying to focus on the foundation and he's doing okay with most of it, except for when it comes to selective hearing. I believe that it's just him being a puppy and I'm trying to manage my expectations and getting better all the time. And he's getting better all the time. The problem is he seems to be sort of possessive. I'm not sure if it's anything we have done because he came like that. At eight weeks old, a few days after we got him, my girlfriend wanted to try to give him a bone. He liked it too much, and when she tried to take it, he growled. Imagine that, a 13-pound golden puppy growling. However, I was furious. I let him know it wasn't tolerated, grabbing him and pinning him on his back. From there, we decided to start giving him, bone, giving him bones. From there, we decided to start giving him the bones, and we would practice taking them away every now and then. If he would let us take them, we would give it right back. If he would growl, we would correct it, not give it back. This seemed to really help over time, and we have now more or less just gotten rid of them, more along the lines of avoiding problems to set them up for success, like you say. He isn't like that with anything else. However, it shows itself mildly with retrieving. He's been doing much better lately with retrieving over the past three weeks to the point where he's pretty good, but I can see that he still fights the possessiveness at times with stuff that he really likes, like an antler dummy and tennis balls. Some things I've helped that have helped the retrieve is I stopped taking things from him, like sticks or whatever he can find outside, unless something that would hurt him. He has an excellent natural hold and hardly ever spits, but is doing good with the dummy with the drop command now for the most part and his delivery is usually pretty good unless he's fighting the possessiveness i'm excited to be done with teething and start hold conditioning he just started teething i'm thinking hold will help do you think this is a separate issue other than that have, i have heard you talk about being a leader but i'm not sure this is the problem he's starting to become less bold and more biddable so i think he knows i'm the leader if you think that's the problem though i'll certainly take any advice and help with that he's a very sweet dog absolutely loves people except when he gets possessive over stuff he really likes thanks so much for taking the time to reply i should i should add that i've been trying to share it with him like you say almost to the point where now i'm wondering if sharing less so he knows it's mine not sure okay there's a lot there let's let's simplify it you've got a puppy that's eight weeks old uh was eight weeks old um, it's, it's four months old now at eight weeks old, it growled a little bit and you got pretty worked up about it. And I, I, I think maybe, maybe a little harsh, the idea of grabbing and pinning the dog down. And I, 
I don't know that I think a little scruff of the neck. I grab a little puppy by the scruff of the neck and give it a simple little shake and ah, that's enough. It's usually more than enough for little puppies. I think you probably have a similar situation to what Danny had. Little dog is a little confused by the role and he's testing. And I think he's testing you by going, I wonder what me, like growling is a real natural thing for dogs. It's a vocalization. It's a verbalization for them. It shows some stuff to those around them. It's body language. It's audible language. And so I think that they are testing no different than barking. Like little dogs that yap at me, they're testing. They're seeing, can I get away with it? How, what, how does it? how does the person respond to this? How do they react to this? So when that little puppy starts to growl at me, I'm not going to lose my cool. That's one thing that I think good leaders do is they keep their cool, even in stress. Like you, you take a deep breath and you assess it and you act on it. So I think that that is a good that's a good skill that you'll get from, from this little dog. Now it's at four months old. You're excited to do hold conditioning and I'm excited for you. I think what you need to do is take a deep breath and not rush it. Like don't look at hold conditioning like it's the, the cure-all for everything. What Instead what I would say is look at hold conditioning as it's already started. And so far you're off to a little bit of a rough rough road with it. So before I start going formal with it, I think it's easier to set yourself up to have success with it by doing it informally, successfully first. And so that's where you're not going to be doing any retrieving now because you started teething. So you're going to take three, four weeks off probably. You can work on all sorts of other stuff. Foundation, foundation, foundation for the first 12 months. That's about what I spend my most of my time on. When you do go back to, to retrieving, when the pup's done teething, I would go back into a controlled area. And I would go back to the idea of doing exactly what we just talked about with Danny. Just simply get the pup into you. Uh, by that time, I hope you have an understanding of the dog understands what hear and sit means. So you can try that little trick with the pup. Try to distract it. I think the little dogs like that, usually you can get down on the ground and welcome them back to you. I think you got to be careful with young dogs like this that it's very short and sweet. I don't want to see you making lots and lots of big retrieves. I think that's a recipe for disaster. I think the idea of baby baby stepping into this and formally, just informally starting to address the preparation for the formal is a few simple retrieves in a hallway or in a controlled area and get it back to you halfway decent and turn it into something that doesn't create more issues than anything. Like it, th- this isn't going to get fixed in a lesson or two. So get yourself something to start shaping. And that means out and back with with the dog. And then if this growling thing continues, leave that dog. Leave him alone. Turn and leave him. And watch what they do. And if they start to say, I don't want to be left alone. I want to come by you. Good. Get back down and and welcome them to you. It can't... the, The idea has to get away... We have to get away from this brattiness um i think that it's not it it, it, to me it sounds like things are improving for you it sounds like it is has improved from eight weeks to four months but i also think you have to put that into perspective that's only eight weeks is two months and now it's four months it's only been eight weeks it's double it's two times the dog's entire life of when you got it that isn't very long so slow down and just take a deep breath with it 
you know, you, I, I think you talked about the idea of teaching. At some point in here, you said something about teaching them to drop because I made a note on there here. It's, it says, he has an excellent natural hold and he hardly ever spits it out, but is, do, but is doing good with the drop command for now. Most part, his delivery is usually pretty good unless he's fighting the possessiveness. You have no reason to be teaching drop right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want a dog dropping it right now. Don't teach, you don't need to teach the dog to drop the dummy. You want to encourage the dog to hold it and share it with you. And I roll it out of the dog's mouth. I peel those gums up and I roll it out. And as they get a little bit bigger, the best way, the, uh, another way to get it out without turning it into a tug of war is reach down and just grab them by the flank, right in front of their, right in front of their uh, rear legs by their belly. Reach down in there and just get underneath them on their belly and they'll spit it out right away. And you, you can do that without turning it into a big deal. Just get the, get the dummy to you, share it with them, get it out, do it again. Instead of trying to like turn this into a four-month-old dog learning the command drop, no need for it. And so some of that stuff is, you'll get that in hold conditioning. You'll get that going forward. You don't need to be spending a lot of time on that right now. So I think what you need to do is look at this and say, you're picking parts and pieces of it that you want to be like a little more formal and advanced. And then, and I don't know that you're there yet. And it's not your fault. It's not the dog's fault. It's just you're way too early in the process. So simplify things and we'll get through this teething and then just go back to like, Way less formal. I, I watched some people make really nice retrieves at workshops over this, this last couple months with next to no formality. Like they just throw a dummy out, the dog runs out. We, I, I was in a group with two people that made their first retrieves um, ever with their dogs. And so the beauty of it for them was, so I, I think they didn't know much about retrieving. And there was two different people with two different dogs. And so I didn't, you know, if they had replicated what they saw me doing, they'd have asked the dog to be steady. They'd have asked the dog to deliver. They'd have asked, they'd have, they'd have been way too like formal and complicated and it would have been hard for the dog to do it. The retrieving part comes pretty naturally for most dogs. So what, when we did retrieve with them, I said, don't worry about anything else. And when the dog brought it back, I, a lot of them, I told them to take, get it from them and then just throw it out there again and let them chase it. And they looked at me like, You're, you can't be serious. I'm, you never do that. No I, no, I never do that once they understand what they're doing. But to start out with, it's a completely how I do it. Run out, get it, bring it back. I'll do it again. Run out, get it, bring it back. I'll do it again. It turns into this game. And that's all it is to begin with, is a game. And so when, when you start in on this, forget about delivery forget about the dog being in a certain spot when it brings it back forget about the drop forget about the steadiness just and i don't care if it's you said something about sticks and stuff it could be a stick it could be a a sock it could be a shoe it could be anything the it doesn't matter what it is we need just need to get this dog to bring stuff back and have fun with it and do that first. And then we can start thinking about trying to build a little bit of, of, of structure to it where we want the dog to maybe hold up for a second before it chases it down. 
We want the dog to bring it back and share it with me two, three, four times. Don't. I watched a guy that. This is a different topic, but it was, and we're going to talk about this in the future. But it was a hold conditioning video that the guy sent me. It was his first time hold conditioning with the dog. Dog was ten months old, was up on the table, and he said it's it's gotten very comfortable. So his first session of hold, I watched. That's the video where I watched him correct the dog ten times on the top of the head, very firmly, and not abusively, but firm, and never said good, and made the dog hold it for at least four or five seconds beautifully before he took the took the object. And I, I said, that's the first session? The first repetition in the first session? I said, you're looking for like finished results the first time? The, that session should have been, and it took a minute and 10 seconds. I said, that session should have been done in less than 15 seconds. That repetition should have been done in less than 15 seconds. Get the dummy into the dog's mouth, pause for one split second, and then take the dummy away and tell them they're really good. Because now you have something to build on. Where he was looking for perfect the very first time, and the dog had no clue of what he was being asked to do. So you have to get the dog to start understanding what it is you want them to do. Some of these dogs don't understand that you would all you're asking for them to do is bring it back, and you'll throw it again for them. And if you can just get them to think that, it becomes a lot less confusing and struggle for them to understand, why would I want to bring this back to you? You're going to take it from me. Why would I want to bring this back to you? It's mine. Why would I want to bring this back to you? It's more fun if you chase me. Why would I want to bring this back to you? All these different questions in the dog's mind that shouldn't be there in the first place. Just get it back and throw it again for them. So it's a very simplistic approach to introducing retrieve, and it's the way I do it almost always. Usually, I don't even start out that way because usually my first retrieves, I don't even throw them. It just happens to be a puppy picked something up and we allowed it to turn into a retrieve. So that's even less formal because we didn't even make them watch something get thrown. They just grabbed something and brought it back. So there you go. That was for Hunter. Danny, you guys had very similar questions. I'm going to shoot you guys messages on Instagram just to let you know that we recorded this podcast. But um, I thought they were good questions and they were very, they were similar and I thought they, I think they'll help. Um, it is one of the things I took away from this this season's workshops is is some some ideas and notes on biggest struggles and and biggest issues that we see universally coming through with other people's dogs and hold conditioning always comes up high on the list. Um, it, it's 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 something that um does help and fix a lot of stuff the retrieve the retrieve is is a part of that and so with you guys with both of these questions with possessiveness it's a little bit of a spin-off on it but um i think he said i think hunter said i don't see a lot of stuff on it so now we've got something so ben that's a keyword for this podcast it's a keyword for the search um i appreciate you guys listening um we're gonna we're, we we certainly are continuing to do these the these are awesome awesome platforms for us to be able to deliver i think good information in a different little bit different way so thank you so much for your support if you're doing me if you're if you could do me one favor if you're listening to this on a app or on some platform that has the ability to subscribe if you would hit subscribe and if you would also leave a review um we are up a little over 200 210 pushing i think for for reviews on apple um 
means more than you know. Uh, it, it really does for a small for a small company like ours um, to get that feedback. Not only does it re- reaffirm what we're doing and and give us kind of some inspiration and motivation, but it also allows us to be able to reach more people. Uh, the more the more reviews, the more ratings that we have, the more it's going to come up suggested to other people. The more that we get that the more people we're helping, and ultimately that is our goal. So thank you guys so much for your support. I appreciate it, and we I look forward to the next one here. What number are we up to, Ben? 127? 127-ish. Hang on. So, well, that's not the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you guys. We're, 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 um, we're going we're gonna to continue to do this because, the feed, because of feedback like this. Um, and so th- I thank you for your time. Yeah.